the deportation paperwork. I send it to ICE. ICE has a flight ready and sends it back to Sudan. What we would never, ever do in the history of the Border Patrol is release that guy. If I would have released him, they would have put me on the rubber gun squad. That means they pull my gun and my badge and they suspend me. And then I would be interrogated as to, are you compromised? Who's paid you to release that person? Why would you do that, JJ? It's so obnoxious. I mean, the fact that just two years ago, two and a half years ago, if you would have done that, you would have been considered a traitor. They would have interrogated you and you would have lost your job. Now that's standard practice. Are you looking for the ultimate Christmas gift for the prepper in your family? Or maybe you are looking for affordable ways to prepare for what may be coming. If this is you, we have a curated list of unique gifts for all members of your family. But within that list, we have the ultimate list of prepper gifts. It includes important essentials from the medicine garden that turns your backyard into a complete natural pharmacy to the DIY solar panel guide that saves you up to 85% on solar panels. We also have the air phone that extracts up to 10 gallons of water from even the driest desert air to the guide that helps you build a portable space energy generator to power your entire home for less than $300. And wait, there's more. The ultimate woodworking guide that comes with over 16,000 of the best woodworking plans available so you can make anything you want or need. And there is even more. To see all the options, go to sarahwestall.com under shop and look for the unique Christmas list on the top of the shop page or use the link below. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have JJ Carroll coming in the program and he is an expert at the border. He's going to talk about all his experience at the border, but we're going to, we're going to talk about the grim reality of what's happening at the border. Um, the fact that the Biden administration are facilitating in wholesale drug and human trafficking and they're supporting it and protecting it. And he makes no qualms about that. He comes out and says that directly. The fact that three years ago, there was a different policy when it came to uh, people of special, I think they call it special importance, uh, which are immigrants or people coming over the border that are military age coming from certain countries. And we have 80,000 of them three years ago. If we would have kept any of them over the border, he said he would have lost his job if he would have allowed any of those 80,000 to come over just three years ago, that was a policy across all presidents that he worked for, which was like three decades, three administrations. Now suddenly all of that has changed and all these people are allowed to come in who special interests is what they're called. And they, and they never would have allowed them in the past. So now we have knowingly have let in 80,000 potential sleeper cells you know, military age men who are of interest all around our country. That's what's happening on top of the, you know, the 80%, 60 to 80% of the women and girls and young boys being raped when they're coming over the border, the fentanyl issues. I mean, it's on and on. But we talk about solutions. We talk about General Valley's plan. There's a group of generals that want to declare war on the cartels and the border situation and clean it up. They could have it cleaned up in a week. There are solutions out there, but what we need is a populace that says, darn it, we need to do this. And we, we expect you to do this. We can't be complacent and let all this chaos affect us to the point where we do nothing. 
And I know it's so much easier to do nothing because it's just sort of chaos is everywhere. And it doesn't mean we, we, we do nothing. It means we need to think clearer and we need to do what we can. Cause the other option is that that war does start and we end up being on the front lines in our own homes. And that could happen with what is being set up here with all these sleeper cells and all this happening. We are really close to World War III and we have all these people in our country. And there are solutions for this, but we need to be pushing for those solutions. He's gonna talk about a bunch of solutions at the end of this. So I hope you listen for that. And we also talk about the general's solution to just declare war and clean it all up. So, so I hope you just stay and listen to that because those are those are good things to listen to and support. Before I get into that, I want to remind you to go to my Substack at sarahwestall.substack.com. I have new exclusives up there. I also put a new one with the show that I just aired, which was just so fascinating with Paul Wallace, who is a clergy member who also taught priests how to translate ancient text and Bible and all sorts of ancient you know, writings and taught priests how to do this. He worked and he was ordained and a minister and he was also um, worked in the church. He was actually an archdeacon in the Episcopal church. And he talks about what the Old Testament really was in the original writings. He's kind of like Mauro Biglino. And so I just aired that show. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend it. It's one of the most interesting shows I've ever done. And then Mauro Biglino, who is a Vatican translator, he translated over 17 books, I think 17, maybe 19 books for the Vatican. And he knows five languages. He knows a lot of the ancient languages and has looked at the original writings. And he talks about how we were actually created by this alien race. That's what the Old Testament is saying. And what it's a description of our origins, but not what people think it is. Very fascinating. And I, my old show that I did with Mauro Biglino got about, I don't know, 800,000 views or something on YouTube. And they, when my channel went down, that went down. And so what I did is I put it up for, um, Substack member. So if you're a Substack member of mine, mine, you can find that. Um, look for the Paul Wallace interview, and then I put that under there for my members. So SarahWestall.substack.com, go find that. And this one, I just got to warn you, this one is super long, and it was too long. So part of it is going to be airing on Substack as well. So look for that at SarahWestall.substack.com. Now let's get into this really interesting conversation with JJ Carroll. Hi, JJ. Welcome to the program. Ah, thank you for having me on. Really looking forward to this discussion. Well, you are an expert at the border and the border is just one big flipping mess. And first of all, before we get into this, you got to tell us what your background is so people understand your expertise and your experience when it comes to the border. Okay, I joined the Border Patrol in 1997. Um, my father, who was my hero, was a Secret Service agent, very, very successful, uh, had uh, protected a lot of presidential details, and Pope John Paul II, I'm Catholic, so that was a huge deal in my family. Um, and I knew I wanted to follow in his footsteps, but I didn't want to do Secret Service, so uh, I went into the Border Patrol. And my first duty station was Imperial Beach Station in San Diego, California. If you can look at the map, the southwesternmost point where Mexico and we meet in with the Pacific Ocean, that's where I work. From there, about six miles to the east to the San Cedro Port of Entry. I was there for about a decade. 
And that's where I made my reputation and cut my teeth. And I became the agent, I believe, that I became eventually. Uh, I was a journeyman agent. And then I took over task forces like uh, ATV unit, where I had 10 guys in my unit. We were rapid response. And it was the most violent time in recent history in the Border Patrol. We were shot at, throwing bricks thrown at us, fights every night. Uh, bailing wire pulled across the, the fences to try to decapitate us as we're flying down to respond to this group and that group. Um, so I learned a lot. I learned a, a lot of great things. It was uh, it was violent. It was uh, dangerous. It was uh, at times uh, hopeless, but it was also exhilarating. And I know that says a lot about me or says a lot not good about me, but I thrived in that world. Um, and then I took a promotion. Uh, up the coast to uh, San Clemente in Orange County, California. And then I created a 50-man unit that took down human smuggling and narcotic smuggling on the Pacific Ocean. I didn't work on the ocean. I worked on the land side. And my my crew would use cameras and experience to know when narcotic loads were coming over. El Chapo Guzman, the notorious Sinaloa cartel, uh, narco king, took over all the human smuggling routes. And it turned into just a, a maritime narco. Uh, and we arrested all of his stuff. And oh, we wow. were good for awesome you. at it. In fact, we were so good. Everything that he brought over in maritime between San Francisco, excuse me, Santa Barbara and uh, La Jolla, California, we dominated it. One of my guys actually went and testified against him uh, in his court case in America and helped secure a conviction. It's a big deal to us on my unit. Um, then I took a transfer uh, promotion to an interior station about 60 miles north of the border. Um, and that gives me why I believe I'm without sounding braggadocious. I'm an expert on this because I I'm not talking to you today about a theoreticals and an academic or, or, Hey, I spent three weeks down the border and this is what I saw. And now I'm an expert, right? I lived it. I did it. I was down in the front lines. I was, I was equivalent of beat cop. And I, I, I got in the fights. I broke bones. Um, it was violent and I was in the middle of it. And then I, at the end of my career, I was at the higher high, senior level in San Diego sector where I understood policy, law, the implementation of budgets and, and the, the hows and the whys of this gigantic organization that I work for. So when I look at what Mayorkas, the secretary of DHS is doing, and I look at the press releases and, and Biden and the way they say things, I understand exactly what's happening. I have only been re retired for two years all of my former colleagues and new sources that I have feed me information daily. I know exactly what is going on the border, how they're doing it. And I believe, I'll just be very upfront with you. I believe this is the intentional destruction of the American immigration system to fundamentally transform America to a nation of non-citizens, to a nation of, from not citizens to non-citizens. And I believe that wholeheartedly. There is not a group of individuals on planet earth that could be this incompetent and make this many bad decisions. This is intentional, this is strategic, and I can prove it. I do it in my book, and I can do it verbally just speaking to you today about what they're doing. And that's what I wanna dive into, the intentional nature of this thing. Cause we know like with COVID, it was littered with useful idiots, right? right. But behind the useful idiots, you know, all the doctors and all the nurses and all the people that just, just faithfully without, I get angry at some of these doctors that didn't read the Pfizer document trial documents or didn't read any of this stuff, but yet they're faithfully doing what they're supposed to, you know, getting paid to do. 
and while it was killing people. So in that sense, they were just all useful idiots. But I refuse to believe that all of them were this incompetent, that the leaders were this incompetent because you don't, for example, with COVID, you wouldn't um, ban effective treatments in the middle of a pandemic that that doesn't make sense so that those are the smoking guns that told us that this wasn't all incompetency now with the border what smoking guns do we have that says this is not just in a bunch of saps you know incompetency saps saying oh these people need a place to be you know we care about people well the smoking gun is the beginning of of biden presidential candidate i'm going to open the borders he just said it and then he hired secretary of DHS, Alejandro Mayorkas, everybody believed he just fell out of the sky and he's just this Cuban, Cuban national that naturalized into America. He was handpicked by Obama to be in charge of the director of USCIS, which is all the hands out cards and money and, and determines uh, relocations. It's a very important area to where you learn the inner workings of it. And by, by the time Obama left office, he was second in charge of DHS and then he became the secretary of DHS. I believe he is the tip of the spear of everything that's happening. I believe he's a traitor, just like I believe Joe Biden's a traitor because they've turned the immigration system on its head. No, they've obliterated it. And let me give you an example of a, a smoking gun, if you will. The big topic right now is special interest aliens slash terrorists, right? People yeah. that are coming from terrorist nations. Last year in FY23, just ended in September 30th of this year, CBP, meaning the Border Patrol, arrested 80,000 special interest aliens. Do you know how many aliens, special interest aliens, I arrested directly or indirectly in 23-year, 24-year career? Over 10,000 illegal aliens, I estimate that I had some kind of say or even more. I arrested five. Five, five that I know of. So you're five. saying that the fact that there's 80,000 and you only ran across five tells you that we have sleeper cells everywhere and this is like unprecedented. Okay, let me let me yes. The answer the quick answer is yes, but I want to I want to make this point if you'll allow me. 80,000 special interest aliens. Almost all of them were released into America. Okay? Let me tell you what it used to be like. Now, this isn't I'm not talking about all the good old days. This is 34 months ago. Everything that we're doing now. And this was under multiple presidents, right? Because you worked for a long time. And this is this. I went from Clinton all the way to Biden. Nobody did this until right now. No. Everything that you're witnessing today never happened before Biden and Mayorkas took control. Never. Let me give you just a great example. Talk about SIAs. So when SIA would come into my station and I was the second in charge of the station, everything would stop. The whole the whole station would like screech to a halt because I had someone I knew that had a probability of being a high level terrorist or just some kind of low level. It doesn't matter. I have a terrorist or somebody that is connected. I would call the Joint Terrorism Task Force, JTTF, which is run by the FBI. They would come in to interview that person. After they interview him, if he was a, if he was a uh, terrorist, they'd whisk him away. I'd never see him again. Fine. That's their job. I don't, I don't care. If he wasn't, if they didn't, like it's, it's guy from Mohammed, Mohammed from the Sudan. And we can't make, they just can't make the determination hundred percent. Yeah. This guy is a terrorist, but we're going to re- turn him back to you, JJ. Okay. No problem. 
I get the deportation paperwork. I send it to ICE. ICE has a flight ready and sends it back to Sudan. What we would never, ever do in the history of the Border Patrol is release that guy. If I would have released him, they would have put me on the rubber gun squad. That means they pull my gun and my badge and they suspend me. And then I would be interrogated as to, are you compromised? Who's paid you to release that person? Why would you do that, JJ? So, but we're doing, okay, Five. so. But we released 80,000 last year. Okay, so. You understand me, but, but it's not to get funny. Trained. It's just so, ob it's so obnoxious. I mean, the fact that just two years ago, two and a half years ago, if you would have done that, you would have been considered a traitor. They would have interrogated you and you would have lost your job. Now that's standard practice. Standard practice. So in two years, in two years, CBP has arrested and released over 105,000 special interest aliens into America. 105,000. And when you start going back prior to Biden, we're like into a thousand, two thousand special interest aliens arrested every year. And 2, they weren't 000. released, though. I mean, they were no. shipped back, and you guys, you were like, oh, "Hell no, we're not going to release these yes. guys." Okay, so wow. So we're sitting in. We have Israel going on. We have Ukraine. We have Hamas. We have all these things. And now you, we're sitting with one hundred and five thousand special interest people from all over the the world. And well, I remember yep. reading there's a big chunk from the Middle East. Um, what are we looking at here? I mean, because, you know, I, we could be looking at a war on our soil and we have a bunch of idiots to blame. I mean, I, what are we looking at? Well, I just watched a, a video, a Tucker Carlson video with uh, Douglas McGregor, the retired colonel. Um, very, very articulate man. I don't agree with everything he says, but Majority of it I do. Yeah, I find him highly intelligent and articulate in that space of war and understanding global conflict. And he made a point that I completely agree with. He said, when we go to war, and he said, if you think that we're not on the precipice of World War III, you're a fool because we're there. It's coming, right? They want Biden's, it to come. Hurdle, they want it to come. He said, you will fight. We will, we will fight this on at least two fronts. One would be the Middle East or Russia, and the other one would be here on American soil. And what he was saying was, you look at the videos in the last two weeks of all the Palestinian flags in America, all the terrorist green flags flying around. There were hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people protesting. And I could see, looking at the videos, because I'm trained to do this, that guy just got here. That person on that video or that picture, he just got here about a year ago. He, he's, not, he's not a US citizen. This guy immigrated or illegally came here. So when the, the guns go blazing, are those individuals going to take up their guns and go to fight with us and kill their brothers and sisters in the Middle East? Or are they going to pick up their guns and turn them on Americans? And I, that's a that's a, a honest, intellectual, adult question to ask. And none of those traitors, bastards in our government or media will actually ask that question out loud because they all know the answer. Well, two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, it was very clear what the answer was. What changed? What changed is we are looking at the destruction of America from within in real time. And I don't say that with any joy. Look, I wish I was talking to you today. Trump got reelected, which he did, but he was in place. And we were within six to nine months of having that border completely secure. For the first time in my career, I was on a winning team and we had the border almost shut down. 
you and I would be talking right now about the, the how great it is to have a nation that has sovereignty, strength, power. Uh, we have a, a great legal immigration system. No. In, in 34 months, not even three years, I'm telling you that Joe Biden's Border Patrol has arrested and released over 7 million people. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Per DH data, they say they have lost 2 million getaways. I'm telling you, that number is it's insulting. We're looking at 7 to 10 million people absconded in the open borders. Any given time right now, as you and I speak, 80% of the border is unmanned. Unmanned. You have major sectors, Tucson sector, Del Rio sector, uh, Eagle Pass sector. You have these sectors of Border Patrol where they have stopped all law enforcement activities because they cannot do anything but process and transport illegal aliens. We, our, our nation is, to, to say that it's vulnerable is the grossest understatement of the last decade. We are under attack and I don't I don't take any joy in this, but I'm not going to sit back and be Pollyanna about it. I'm just going to if anything that I am, I'm very honest and direct and I'm telling you exactly what I believe. Well, when no war motive. Well, when war hits our soil, being Pollyanna won't seem I mean, people won't be Pollyanna then. They'll be happy that you, they'll be going to you. They'll be looking to you. They'll be looking to people who have been warning, you know, others. And we're, we are in this Orwellian, just twilight zone time mm -hmm. that what was just should have been common sense is no longer common sense. Let's talk about the victims on the border because I want to flush out what the useful idiots, why we have so many useful idiots there are what's between 60 and 80% of the, the women and children who are crossing are raped. And I'm talking little children, right? I mean, this is 60, 80% sexually assaulted or raped. That is a, that's a known number. All of the left-wing organizations, refugees, international United nations, just whatever, right? All is of it them. 80 or 60? Well, that's the debate. The debate is it really 60. We think it's 80. So we're not even having a debate like, is it 6% or 8? We're debating and arguing amongst each other. Is it 6 out of 10 women are being raped or is it 8 out of 10? How many children? Does it matter? I and mean, children. Same thing. And, and, and children. 
You told a story about a family that was, because a lot of people die just getting trying to get here because it's a dangerous trek. They have to work with the cartel who owns all this. They, the cartel gets paid per person. People die just making the trek. And if they don't die, they're probably raped. But you were telling a story about a baby that died making it over, but they also were raped. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, there's. I wrote in my book, Tom Homan, who was the acting commissioner of, of ICE, and he is a patriot. I don't know if you've ever listened to him talk. He's very passionate. Uh, he's unapologetic. He just he just says it like it is, right? He's a former Border Patrol agent and then became ICE. Very, very smart man. And he's talking about, he didn't even talking about it. He was giving congressional testimony, okay? So this wasn't like some flippant thing. Under oath. He's saying, I just returned because somebody's question about kids and he got really passionate. And he said, okay, let me tell you what's happening today. This past weekend, I was in Texas and the sheriff brought me to the coroner's office where I met a husband and wife from Nigeria and their 20 month old daughter just drowned in the Rio Grande, got caught in the currents and got swept away and they found her body on the, on the banks. And the coroner pulled me, up, pulled me aside, me and Tom Holman, pulled Tom Holman aside and said, uh, yeah, the young girl died from drowning. However, this poor little girl has been sexually raped in every orifice of her body. And then Tom Homan, amongst the silence from the traitors that were in front of him on Congress, he, he, he continued and said, I will give you, I will tell you on my word that this is happening right now, just as you and I are talking right now. I know that a child or a woman is being sexually mutilated right now. And it happens every day, all day, every night, all night. And I believe it. And I know it's true. I know it. I lived it. I lived it. It's not like you're talking to some guy that I'm a professor at Columbia and I went down there for spring break to check it out and see what it's like. I lived in this cesspool of humanity for 24 years. I know what's happening. But now I know it's accelerated by millions, everything that's happening now, it's so egregious, okay? And I write this in my book and I need to say this out loud. So this is not new, right? The sexual mutilation of women and children coming up through, through Central America and Mexico is not new. This has been going on since before I was in the Border Patrol. So the federal government knows that this is happening. They had to have a meeting Right. We all do a tabletop meeting. If I open the borders and I bring in millions of people. Exponentially, the number of women and children that are being raped now at quote normal migration, when I accelerate it to a point times a million, what does that number of women and small children that are going to be raped and killed? Well, Mr. President, we believe it's going to be 50, 60 percent more. Holy cow. And know what he said? He had to. I don't care. It's collateral damage. Go. So Who's, who, oh, wait to, a minute. Who said, I don't care. It's collateral damage. I'm talking about what had to have happened. Okay. Had, these I just these wanna, discussions. Because yes, they, they can't be this incompetent is what you're saying. No, so they had no, to they, have been having these conversations. Okay. They had to, they have, I have a lot of data and sources, but I have to wait for it to get filtered out. Those men up there have all of the damning da evidence. Sure. So when they're making these decisions, when we're seeing children being lost by HHS and finding them in meatpacking plants working midnight shift 
where we find them in pornography or being sexually passed around. Our government had to have known that this was going to happen. There was no other outcome that a rational person in immigration, everybody would come to the same conclusion. You're going to bring in 7 million people. I'm going to tell you 3 million are going to be raped. A million are going to be raped. There had to have had that discussion. And to them, it's collateral damage. They don't care. They just don't care. Okay, so let's get to the bottom of that. The useful idiots are like, well, yeah, but don't you think we should be able, everybody should have the opportunities we have here. We want to open up our borders, you know, all these things because they care about people. How does a useful idiot rationalize in their brain when 60 to 80 percent of children and women are brutally raped and others are die along the way? How do they rationalize that this could possibly be compassion for humanity or for groups of people? I think the majority of the useful idiots hate America and they want, like you and I talked prior to coming on. So Mayorkas is the head of the snake and he's running it. He can't do all of this all himself. So when you look down the hierarchy, just do it. Google. I want everyone to fact check me. Go down the hierarchy of DHS and look at, I call them lieutenants. Look at all the people placed. They're ICE haters. They, they want to defund ICE. They hate the Border Patrol. Not my words. I'm looking at their Twitter accounts. I'm looking at the associations they're they're assigned with and where they're on their boards. So you have people within DHS and ICE that hate everything that we're doing and are subverting everything. So, but when you ask me the useful idiots, talking about the people on the street and stuff, they don't even they don't want to know. Nobody wants to know. Look, well, those people aren't useful idiots. Hold on, those people are are enemies and treasonous. Those those are soldiers yes. that are against us they are part of the planned attack the useful idiots are are i mean i don't know are they that incompetent or are they plant part of the attack we don't know who's a useful idiot and who's right. actually smart enough to be just actually implementing but the useful idiots how do they rationalize well do you think that the useful idiots want to listen to me talk about a, a young child being raped in every orifice of her body and the answer is no. They don't want to know. They, they just want to know, just like the liberals say, well, who's going to literally they say this? Well, who's going to cook my food and clean my toilets? You know, who's going to work in the field? So they in basically. Their brain, go ahead. No, you're right. They're basically think in terms of their benefit and their welfare. And it just shows completely you selfish, things. just completely selfish, narcissistic. Mm-hmm. closing off their brain to anything so that they can just they can be safe and they can be happy and they choose not to listen to the truth i believe that's true yes i believe that the american public as a whole as a whole are two things they're either grossly lazy and ignorant purposely or they're working so hard to try to make ends meet that's that the other they one. don't have time to dig in and worry about how many children are being raped. They're looking at their children and they're thinking, okay, are they studying enough? Uh, okay, I got to go to my second job. That's are right. they safe in here? They have enough food. That's and right. that is the worst case scenario for a republic is an uninformed and uneducated electorate. Our founding fathers said that. You will get the government that you vote for. And if, and if the electorate is not, the voters are not 
informed, you will make poor decisions and you will put people in that are antithetical. They are 180 degrees against what you want. And that's what we're living in right now. Well, the most motivated people are these narcissistic psychopaths who are motivated to rule everyone. And the rest of us just aren't that, I'm not going to spend all my energy to be able to control you and to manipulate you. I'm just not, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I I don't want to, but a psychopath will. And so they'll work their way up when the regular people just won't just choose not to because their their soul is more enriched doing other things. So that's the situation we're in. Okay, well, let, let me ask you, we, we have all these bad guys who are hurting these people coming over. Now, how many of these people, I mean, it's not just confined to hurting the travelers. I mean, I, it would have to be rape and abuse of people in this country, too. It spills over. Well, the media hides that, um, but it is here. And let me give you an example. This is daily, right? So if you go on there and just Google or DuckDuckGo, because Google likes to censor a lot of this you have, you have illegal alien murders and rapes going across. Murders and rapes caused by illegal aliens in America all day. Let me give you an example. Illegal alien, and this is how it affects small towns. So it's not New York City. I'm talking about a little town of 15,000 in Minnesota. This was 10 days ago. It's called Bemidji. It's an Indian name. I don't even know if Bemidji. I'm correct. You it's know it? It's called Bemidji. Yeah. Bemidji. I'm okay. from Minnesota, you, so it's Bemidji. Oh, now, have yeah. you heard about this? I actually don't. I I saw a headline. I I don't know the details. No. So tell people. So let me give you the details. So when they move into a community, they just live in the same place. So these 12 12 illegal aliens, at least five of them were convicted. They're all deported, but five were convicted of the crime. They don't know if the other seven partook in it. So they were going around and kidnapping young girls in their area. And then bringing them to an offsite, and then systematically raping them over days. So, one of the the men took, and this goes back to child sex trafficking, took the eleven year old girl living with him that they're related. No one, no one specified. I tried dig, dig, dig. No one can specify what that relation was. So, can you imagine your uncle ten times removed? They didn't, have a relation. they didn't have a no. relationship, right? I mean, so our government, the DNA. go ahead. Right? But, the, but the government released that child to him. So this little girl that's 11 years old is living with this man. He puts a plastic bag over her head and kidnaps her with the other illegal aliens, takes her to uh, offsite, rapes her. And when she's there, she sees two other 13-year-old girls tied and bound and raped and brutalized in closets. She somehow gets brought back to the house she lives in. She goes to the police. The police go back and trace where she was. And yes, lo and behold, two little girls, 13 years old, been brutally raped for days and days and days, stuffed in a closet, two separate closets. This is what's happening in America. This isn't a one-off. I can go on and on and on. Well, and on all the days. children. Okay, so all these children that have been brought over and are missing, most of them are around the country doing, who knows? I mean, how many of them are in child I mean, do you want to get into that? I'll get into that. I'll explain okay, to you how, what's going on. Uh, yeah, how many of them are actually in this nightmare? 
it makes me so angry because all these politicians, these, I just want to shake them and say, you look at what's happening to these people. You think that you care about them? Look what's happening to these people. Tell us what's happening. They know what's happening. Well, go ahead. Okay. I know it. It's infuriating. Isn't it's it? it's really well. I've been covering human trafficking for years, so when I know it's this obvious and they are this um, lazy and incompetent and um, narcissistic and evil, all those things, whoever, wherever they call, that I mean, this is beyond. This is where God comes and gives us judgment on whether we will allow this to occur. Because you just don't allow this kind of stuff to occur and and not have some kind of ramifications. It's just it, it, maybe in your when you die, the ramifications come because there is a, something called karma. And if everybody's going to have it's to called judgment, judgment, whatever, whatever. Yeah, judgment's a better word. But whatever religion that you have that I'm talking, the elites believe this satanic BS, they believe in yeah. karma they're going to suffer too. I don't. And and when you, before I go into this, I, I just want to say, yes, I agree with you hundred percent when you start talking about God. And I, I said this in a podcast, I forget which one. And the, the host was a little taken aback. And I, and I said, listen, if you, if, if you have any faith at all, if you believe God is sitting here watching us bring in illegal aliens from different across the world, and our own children, U.S. citizens, and watch, and he's watching us brutalize them, take away all their innocence, just physically, physically destroy them. Do you think he's not going to make a judgment on us as a nation? All of us, not the ones that know it, but the ones that willfully turns your eyes from it. And I don't want to be bothered. We're all going to pay a price. I absolutely believe that depth in my soul. Because there's no way the God that I read in my Bible and the God that I believe in, he's not that feminized beta male. He is, he has mercy. Well, if he was a feminized male, if he was feminized, (laughs) he sure the hell wouldn't allow this to happen. I'm just, I'm just sorry, because that's not the way to, the feminine part of this would not allow it, but keep going. Do you know what I mean about? I know what we, you mean. I have, just had to say have, it. That I'm like, I know. I don't think wa- so. This is, has nothing to do with Jesus. male or female. This is psychopathy. No, I'm talking about narcissistic yeah. BS, but go ahead. Yeah. I'm just talking about the, the watering down of, of uh, right. Jesus Christ and God that, that he just, he's flippant. He doesn't care. No, he cares. But you look at what's happened under Joe Biden, half a million unaccompanied alien children. We call them UACs. So UACs cross the border, half a million of them. So the way this works is Border Patrol will turn it over to Health and Human Services, HHS, and then they in turn turn it over to ORR, Office of Re- uh, Refugee Resettlement. Think of ORR as your child protective services in your state and local. We have a thing called a Flores Settlement. This is, I don't believe in it, but that's what is being pushed out, that we can only hold children 72 hours. So now if you can imagine Five to 8,000 UACs come across the border every month and not having anybody to do the job. And we have to push them out, push them out. So we're releasing these children to anybody that will take them, anybody. Here's the difference. When you look at Child Protective Service, let's say my wife and I, we want to adopt 
and we take a foster kid in. I'm going to have multiple visits, unannounced visits to my house from foster care to say, hey, I want to talk to Johnny. How you doing, Johnny? You being fed? You clean? Are they taking care of you? Is anything inappropriate happening? Do you know how many follow-ups they have with these children we released that we don't even know of? Zero. Zero. In fact, Javier Pacero. They have no idea where they're at. No. Keep going. So Javier Pacero was in a congressional testimony, and I think it was Josh Hawley was grilling him. And he said, you have lost 85,000. This is 85,000 back in March, so we're now well over 100,000. And this was his response to Arrogant, stupid man he is, Javier Pacero. He literally said, I'm going to try to quote as best I can. I don't really know about that number, but when those people, the onus is on them, we call them, and, but they don't have to respond and they don't have to call us back. So we just kind of like, that's just the way it is. And a three-year-old? I mean, a three-year-old? That's what I wrote. That's what I say. So the, the three and five-year-old can't call you Javier Bracera because they don't know how to dial a phone. And the probability of that three and five-year-old or that 13, 15, 16-year-old is being passed around sexually or is working in a meatpacking plant at two o'clock in the morning. That's why they can't call you. And all of those kids, Javier Bracera, are begging God, please, will somebody, somebody in this nation help me? Why would these people allow this to happen to me? Yeah, because they didn't do they Because didn't they don't it. care. They don't care. But I had a Tara Rodas on who is a... Um... Uh, Department of Homeland uh, Health and Human Services, and um, she the whistleblower. Yeah, she's awesome. Yes, and she came uh-huh. on. She actually she spoke at a conference I put on as well, and she was telling me that they were bringing in kids from Colombia because they don't speak Spanish and they don't speak English, and so the Spanish helpers, because there's a lot of people who speak ha- Spanish who can help these children. They can't even, these little kids can't speak to anyone. They're completely helpless. So the the whole big Sarah saying they, they should call us, they can't even freaking talk to you. They don't know how it's to absurd. dial. They don't know how to talk to you. They don't speak the language and they're little. So they didn't make the decision to come here in the first place. Somebody else made that for them. When you come to the realization that this is all done strategically and intentionally destroy America, everything makes sense. If you do not come to that conclusion, you will drive yourself absolutely crazy trying to rationalize That's this. right. Let me give you another example of what's happening. Michael Yan and, and Ann Vandersteel, two investigative journalists, some people don't like their methods. I think they're great. They just go right at it. They found two old Walmart buildings. Walmart has nothing to do with it, but two box Walmarts down in Brownfield, Brownsville, Texas. One house, 5,000 boys. The other one house, 5,000 girls. And one of the escorts, as they're called, would travel around the, the glo- uh, around the country dropping kids off, just dropping them off, sleeping in hotels with them. Doesn't matter if it's the same sex or not, just dropping them off. And the whistleblower tells Ann Vandersteel, hey, there's something strange. There's, everything's strange, but this is really, really strange. And he said, I usually take majority of the flights that I take are to New York and Florida. But what's strange is every neighborhood I take these kids to are extremely wealthy neighborhoods. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So everywhere you drop kids off are very wealthy people. How many wealthy people do you know that want to bring in people from Columbia 
or Uzbekistan or Nigeria. Really? There's, there's, there's like this, I, I didn't know this. We came and filled foster care, but we're filling our wealthy neighborhoods filled with kids from all over the globe that don't speak English, that have all kinds of psychological, physical trauma, rape. You want those in your house? Am I, am I really to believe this? Or is the easier way to believe it is that we have a sick, immoral nation filled with a, a large segment of pedophiles in our nation? And I tend to say we have a pedophilia problem. And the federal government is facilitating this, this appetite for pedophilia because we bring in all these kids in and then they just they disappear. Can you oh, so, imagine? Go ahead. I, let me just let me give you this example. Could you imagine? I don't know. I, I just met you. I don't know if you have any children, but let's say you have a young daughter. She's eight years old and you go to pick your daughter up in, in, in grammar school and they go, Sarah, we already the, your uncle came. So some man came before and just said, yeah, would Susie, freak out. that's my yeah. girl. That's mine. And they just gave it to her. And you're like, okay, what, what did he get? What ID did he give you? Oh, no, he didn't give me anything. I just let him go. You, you did what? There's no difference between that and somebody staying in a, uh, a 5,000 confined detention space and being released. Look, when you look at corrections officers, I have tons of friends of correction officers. If you look at the national, the, the national surveys, it's supposed to be one correction officer per 900, nine inmates. You have 5,000 people. Are you telling me that you have 500, 600, 700 people watching these kids? You don't. And you have babies. You have infants. You have toddlers. You have teenagers. Do you know that there is a, a numerous, uncounted amount of sexual abuses that are happening in DHS custody that nobody wants to talk about? No. Well, I know Tara Rodas. Tara Rodas brought it up, and they ended up, uh, she was trying to actually make a difference. And instead of having her help, they escorted her out and took her out. Police yeah. escorted her out. She didn't do anything wrong other than honestly just trying to fix some of the situations that she found because she thought they would want to fix it too. And then she yes. realized instead they wanted to cover it up and just escorted her out. I can imagine they're not too happy with you. But before, I, I want to I connect some dots for people. The Breger Report. Have you heard about the Breger Report? No, tell me about it. Okay, you're going to love this report because it... How do you, it's spell like over it? Can you spell it for me? Um, Jacqueline Breger, she was the lead investigator, but John Thaler, it was his organization. And they do, he's an attorney, but they, he's spent his whole career at doing uh, la money laundering um, investigations, cross-border investigations, all these things. And this, he ended up stumbling into, because his family was involved, and so he ended up stumbling into, he's from Arizona, and he found there was a 26, more than 26, but 26 plus states involved in this racketeering, RICO, and the, the, the drug, uh, cart, the cartels are all involved, and mm -hmm. they're affecting our um, elections, and that the money is so entrenched, the money coming in from the cartels and the border is so entrenched in the, the money in Arizona, to the point where the the politicians, judges, all these people are in, tied into it. And the whole, he claims the whole economy is so, um, what do you call it, dependent on this money that they won't do anything. I mean, they're also, they're blackmailed, they're controlled, they're dependent on this money. So there's this whole thing. There's 26 states that are involved. Some are 
like Arizona, where they're so dependent on the money from the cartel and others are just um, aren't, but they're suffering the consequences of it. And so what this report is saying, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, but we got to start putting these uh, these dots together and saying, why are they keeping the borders open? Because when you look at this Gregory part, you can say, okay, well, the cartel's involved in rigging the elections. They're involved in money laundering. They're involved with all these uh, politicians being blackmailed and on the dole. So all of that ties in. What have you seen that would collaborate some of the stuff that I just talked about was in the report. You need to look at that report. I'll send you the link when we're done, but I am sure you've seen plenty. I would, I would never doubt that um, because we're talking about the drug cartels. It's a hundred, 200, $300 billion a year business, just moving bodies. When you're looking at the drug trade, you're into a trillion dollars now. So we're talking money's no object. So would it surprise me that you have politicians? I mean, the politicians in D.C. are are, are compromised. Look at the Biden family, for God's sake. So if if you can compromise the president of the United States and all the people under him, you sure as hell can grab a couple city councilmen and mayors in in small towns across America, especially on the border, and run them. Because what people don't want to talk about either, because it's, it's racist to talk about it, is... When you have a border wall, that that community is a blend of Mexico and, and America. And there's yep. cross loyalties and yep. the money flows. So there's almost a blurred line. Like I worked the border my whole life. It was as if five miles north from the border, it was like I was in Mexico. That Mexican would make flags. Sense. No one spoke English. No one did anything. This guy, the smuggler I arrested was his cousin or his brother. And it just went on. It's just a spider web of connectivity. So the cartels run everything. They run the Mexican government and our government. And I have, I can prove it, is in collusion with the Mexican government on how many people cross the border, where they cross, when they cross. Look, you can't look at the last 19 months. This last month of September was a high number, 304,000. No, excuse me, August was. Prior to August, you had the same amount of people cross the border every month for 18 months. How that's that's impossible. It's impossible. So until you understand that the US government, you need to think of the US government as Amazon. Okay. Our holding facilities along the southern border our is our Amazon warehouses. So I can't bring in if if my warehouse can only hold a million packages being humans. I can't put 2 million in there. I'm Amazon. I have a million packages. I can't put 2 million. I have two another million sitting out getting weathered and rained and sun. So there has to be a fluidity to it, right? So the cartels just put over just as much as they can to keep the, the, the system moving. So they own everything. And they get no paid one crosses per head, right? I mean, they, this head. is a huge moneymaker. Anywhere from f- like $1,000, $1,500 from just a jump to fifty, dollars 100000 depending off the person's from Sudan or China. Well, or how, about, how about a child that's going to be moved into a trafficking situation? I've heard that they're like 3000 a head or something. Well, here's, here's something that's very interesting. And I'm sure that you've seen these videos, but I lived it. So I know. So 
the cartels rent children. Okay. Yes. It's hard. It's hard for you to under. To, so understand that I'm a single man. I'm crossing. I've been deported before. I have a criminal record. I know once I get either tried to run away from the border patrol or even in today, and they I give up. I know that there's a higher probability I might be deported. Probably not in in this scenario. However, but if I have a child with me and I'm her dad, they won't separate me because of child se family separation, which is another boondoggle. But they just released me. I'm a deported criminal alien. I won't, the border patrol won't deport me. They'll release me. So I have this daughter that has no idea who I am. I go across the border. The cartel takes the little girl and brings her back to Mexico and rents her to another person. And they do it 10 times, right? I mean, the little girl is going over and, and over. But what you're seeing now. And probably raped half the half of those oh, trips. Oh, yeah. She's just not being brought over to, to help family units. I mean, she's doing double time, right? She's going to be. She's gonna be servicing men and 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 etc. in in Mexico and boys, little boys too. It, it's not just for girls. Yeah, it's not just but girls. The boys are just as vulnerable. Just as vulnerable. And what you're seeing in videos now is, you know, I'm a father. So when my son, when he was younger, three, four years old, would fall asleep, you know, they're kind of just like hang on you, but they move they're around, awesome. they squirm yeah. around, right? Not these videos. These videos are kids. Highly, highly drugged up, oh. and they don't even move. They're like they're like dead. They're like dead little bodies, and they're like, "Hey, who is this?" Well, this is my daughter. What's her name? Uh, Maria. But the border patrol is so you have five hundred people you got to process. I got another five hundred coming in the next thirty minutes. I just got to get them out. I got to get them out. What so we're the, just releasing people. What is the psyche of all these cartel people that would? hurt a little baby hurt a child like that i i mean a lot of the are they all pedo i don't think they're all pedophiles right i mean some of them have to rape just to be part of that culture i mean i don't but they're all savages they're all savages they kill each other it it's it is human nature at the base it is who's the strongest and who has the most capacity to do violence against another human is the king El Chapo Guzman. El Chapo Guzman stands about five foot nothing. He wears belt buckles and jeans. He's a nothing. He's physically a nothing. But he could kill you without even, and kill you and then get a Subway sandwich or a taco and be happy and murder you and all your family members and with them sitting around and just sit at the dining room table and eat your food. That's how they all are. They're savages. And it's they like run everything like a savage. Breaking Bad, where they show some of those characters that are just so bad. Not all of them are bad, but a lot of them are just total psychopaths. And that's what these. But we're allowing are. that into our country. It's so millions. crazy. Okay, so let's talk about the the war, the potential. I want to get back to that a little bit. I want to finish with this. Um, the people in this country who could be sleeper cells. The malfeasance of allowing sleeper cells to this degree, two and a half years ago, you you would have lost your job letting them, them in. Now they're all being let in. What kind of, I mean, do you, people like you, different patrol officers, people in the military, I'm sure you talk to people in the military. What are people thinking? I mean, the military must be pulling, what's going on with the military? That they would, that you'd think the military would say, what the hell are you doing? 
Where do people get your book? Uh, they can go on amazon.com and just type in invaded by JJ Carroll or go to jjcarroll.com. And uh, my Twitter is jjcarroll14. And then I do YouTube shorts, uh, just about what we're talking about, five to 10 minutes, just very data-driven. And this is what's happening in the news today that the government's lying to you about the border. Um, you can find that YouTube and Rumble. So, and I appreciate you giving me so much time to be able to speak uh, freely and openly about something that I believe is truly, truly the greatest threat to our republic. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for everything that you're doing. All right. Thank you. Have a good day.